You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. Welcome everyone around the world to our very special Good Friday service. I trust you enjoy that amazing worship. So true. The day is coming that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm praying for many of you around the world today, friends, family, loved ones, some of us who maybe don't engage with church that often, aware that there is a God, but maybe not personally connected to Him. Today will be the choice that you make to leave one path and go down the other. There's a path, according to the Scriptures, that leads to life and one that leads to death. And like a multiple choice that God wanted you to get right, He even gave you the answer. He said, I set before you this day life and death, but in case you're unclear, choose life. Today, it's our prayer that you would choose life. I wanna start by telling you a little story around my Toyota Camry in Malaysia. 15 years ago, when I went to Malaysia to plant the church, I bought a Toyota Camry and it served me so well until the last year when I couldn't, it couldn't serve me because I've been in Perth. And It's done well over 200,000 kilometers. But as I like to tell people, probably only 100,000 of that is legitimate. The other 100,000 was me getting lost on the overpasses, on the freeways, heading in the wrong direction, turning around, over missing the mark again. And uh, you know, maybe your life feels like that. You've got a lot of miles on the clock, but half of it feels like it's been wasted. The great news is on any journey I've set out in that Camry of mine, there's always a point where I can choose to turn around. Maybe today is that day for you. You know, I don't want to make it a generalization about guys and girls, but it's certainly the case with me. Sometimes I have way too much pride when I'm driving. Oh, I'll be fine. This road will lead to that. I'm pretty sure I know where it's going. Or I'll call somebody. Uh, But rarely is it me stop, learn, and watch. Uh, You know, these days with Waze and Google Maps, there's another danger. If pride is not the downfall, it could be just the fact that we become mindless and we drive mindlessly. Uh, I don't need directions because I just mindlessly follow. And uh, hopefully that gets me there. And most of the time it does. But you know, the moment that you turn around, the moment that I'm on a, on a trip and I go, okay, I'm now taking the off-ramp. Now I need to actually stop and turn around. There's a Bible word for that, 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 that phrase and it's the word repentance. Jesus came and preached a message about the kingdom of heaven is at hand, but he said, repent, because this is at hand. Essentially, he meant turn around. Just like driving a car or walking somewhere where you turn around, turn around because I brought my reality and it's now within your grasp, but I need you to turn around to access it. Good Friday is the day that represents when Jesus himself died upon a cross and the cross became the roadblock to the path leading straight to hell. But guess what? You and I have to choose to turn around. Maybe like my driving habits, some of us have pride and we don't want to turn around. I know better. I'll do my own thing. I'll choose my own direction. I know my own life and we'll drive straight past the cross on the way to a lost eternity. Maybe it's not so much pride. It's just a mindless drift. You've been comatosed by the day-to-day routine of the temporary and essentially drifting your way through life Easter and Christmas is about it, but I'm glad you've joined us today. And I want to read a passage from Luke chapter 15. It's a paraphrased story about a parable that Jesus told about the lost son. 
If you've been around church, you've probably heard it before, but I want to read the first few verses of it because it talks about a young man who made a pivotal moment. He himself pivoted. He came to his senses. He turned around and came back. The story goes like this. Luke 15, Then Jesus said, There was once a man who had two sons. The youngest said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. He took his inheritance. So the father divided the property between them. It wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he'd gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through the country and he began to feel it. He signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs. He was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. He said, all those farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. He got right up and went home to his father. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him, his heart pounding. He ran out, embraced him and kissed him. The son started his speech. Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants, quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a prize-winning heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive, given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. You know, the story goes on and there's a whole nother chapter around the older brother. And really the story is about two sons and they were both lost. One was lost outside the house. The other was lost inside the house. It's not only those lost outside the house of God. It's, there are people even in church who are lost because they don't understand the father's heart. The younger son didn't understand the protection of the father's house and he paid for it. But the older son who always stayed within its confines never understood the father's heart. And that's another day, another story for another time. But my focus today on Good Friday is this younger son, this pivotal moment, particularly this moment where he repented, where he came to his senses, where in driving analogies, he simply decided to turn around. Do you know, when we talk about repentance, people often pigeonhole it to some catalytic religious moment, and it absolutely includes godly sorrow. But I wanna talk about three things quickly in the time we have. Number one, the privilege of repentance. The privilege of repentance. You know, all around the world, whether you're meeting in hubs, whether you're meeting in homes, whether you're in Asia, Africa, Australia, New Zealand, Europe, South, North America, wherever you are, I need you to be aware that red and yellow, black and white, we're all made in the image of God. And He's given to every human being this potent weapon called free will. I personally have sometimes wondered, God, why did you give us free will? With it, it's like giving a five-year-old a bazooka and we've made a right royal mess of the planet on many fronts because of the choice to choose to walk down the wrong path. And I think, God, sometimes it would be a little easier if you made us a little bit more robotic or you made us a little bit more uh, with less choice in uniform, even devoid of the ability to mess things up so badly. And I realize and I understand that to truly love, I have to have the absolute free will to truly hate. To truly embrace God, I have to have the ability to truly reject Him. That I understand the analogy that there's no point holding a gun to your wife or to your, to your child and say, tell me you love me. Then it's never love because it's compulsion, it's obligation, maybe even religion. And so the free will factor is 
an absolute time bomb in one sense, but think of it as a divine privilege. God so honors your right to choose that He'll allow you to walk straight past the cross today and march yourself into hell. Why? Because even though His heart bled for you, even though He's willing that none should perish, such is the weight of free will. And the privilege and the choice that the prodigal son had to walk out of the house, he also had the same choice. Even in his worst, he still had the privilege to turn around. Maybe you're today in a tough spot. You're feeling at your worst. Let me remind you, you still, no matter how far gone you feel, you still have a choice today. You might have said, I've had choices before and I've said no and I've said no. Well, today, the privilege of repentance is still yours. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Robocop and uh, it's really this story about how an officer gets injured and they technology, they make him into this militant officer and really the journey of how they drain the personality out of him and it's tragic to watch. They increase his efficiency in terms of what he can do, but it's almost stealing life. And for God to remove free will would be to remove not just choice, but life. And then you contrast that would say with Will Smith's movie, I, Robot. I know many of you movie buffs would understand both and you'd get the analogy where it's purely robotic. And when those one of those robots gets a personality and the choice to choose, it's destructive. That's what it's like. All of us human beings have the choice to choose, which is why we have landed ourselves in the broken places we found ourselves. The scripture says it this way in Isaiah, all of us like sheep have strayed, have gone away. We've left God's path to follow our own. And yet the Lord laid on Him, Christ, the sins, the iniquities of us all. God made a choice to send His Son to die in my place and yours. Today, you and I can make a choice to receive that gift, to receive eternal life. But let me tell you, the privilege of repentance is still yours today to choose. God will consent to your non-consent. He'll give you the right to walk in either way. But just remember, no matter how far you've gone, if the Spirit of God is touching you today, the privilege of repentance is yours. The ability to turn around is yours. Don't wait till you've eaten the slop of the pigs. Don't wait till you're at the breaking point of your own life. Choose to turn around today. The privilege of repentance, the price of repentance. It'd be totally remiss of me to talk about the privilege of repentance without making you completely aware that there is a price to repentance too. What's the price? The humility to acknowledge we are broken. The surrender to the one who knows the way, who is the way. And then the courage to choose to walk in it. The conscious choice of repentance requires the price of humility, surrender, and courage. Humility, surrender, and courage. And you might say, well, I'm saved. I've given my heart to Christ. If you're a Christian and you've been a Christian for a while, but your life is devoid of repentance, I'm genuinely concerned because when you got saved, it's not like everything about our life got fixed because we're on a journey of sanctification. We're justified by faith, but there's a journey of growing in Christ. And so God is always working on us. I know in the recent Connect series on, called Firestarter, it triggered a lot of conversation and, and people were saying, I gotta repent, I gotta watch the way I speak, I gotta listen to what I listen to. And it, it generated such incredible discussion in Connect Groups. We're starting a brand new series next week at Connect Groups. Make sure you get to it because I can almost guarantee you the next 
next three rounds is going to awaken even more discussion than the last three rounds and uh, you won't want to miss it. But Jesus often asked people to follow Him, but there was not just the privilege to choose to follow Him, there was a price attached to Him. He looked at Peter and Andrew and said, follow me. And the Bible says they left their nets and followed Him. He looked at James and John and said, follow me. They not only left their nets, but their father. Some of you have left your business. Some of you have left your family. Some of you have paid a price to follow God. But the price of choosing to turn around is not just, I got to leave good things. Sometimes it's just leaving our sin. It's leaving the weights. It's leaving the things that have held us down. The younger son, what did, what was the price of repentance? What did he have to leave behind? He had to leave behind the pig's food. But you might say, well, that's no big deal. What a great choice, leave behind the pig's food. But he also had to leave behind his pride. He had to leave behind his saving face mindset that I'm gonna have to face my family and say sorry. The beauty is God is not like our family. He's 10,000 times better. And you might have a great family, you might have no family. I'm not speaking about your family, I'm speaking about the fact that God is better than you think. God is greater than you think. And if you would pay the price, if you make the choice, whatever you let go of, can I say this about the price of repentance? Whatever it is you feel is the price you're having to pay to follow God, it is marbles compared to the diamonds He's gonna give you in exchange. It is nothing compared to the grace He wants to pour in your favor. And finally, number three, the power of repentance. The privilege of repentance, the fact that I have the right to choose, the price of repentance, the fact that I'm going to have to be humble enough to acknowledge brokenness, I've got to surrender. I surrender to your word and your way and the courage to follow. But thirdly, the power of repentance. Do you know, the father did not run after the son when he left the first time. God will not run after you if you make a choice because he wants to honor your free will. But the minute the son turned around, repented, so to speak, and started walking back towards the father's house, the father from a long way off, the Bible says, ran toward him, embraced him, hugged him and kissed him. See, the father won't run after you, but he will run towards you. Scripture says it this way, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So if you took a small human step in his direction, he will take a cosmic leap in yours. That is the nature of God. No matter how good you think he is, he's better. No matter how kind you think he is, he's kinder. No matter how great you think he is, he's greater. God is a good God. He's a kind God. He's a loving father. And this parable tells us so. Jesus was letting the people know that if you would repent, if you would turn around, if you would walk back in his direction, there is a peace, there is a life, there was a party, there was joy, there was a reunion, there was a great restoration, there was a great reconciliation. Maybe today's your day, maybe today's the day you say, you know what, I'm not just gonna do this religiously, Christmas, Easter, maybe I've sat in church for so long, maybe someone invited me today to one of the to services all around the world, wherever you are. God is omnipresent, He's right where you are, in a hub, in a home, in an auditorium, behind a device, wherever in the world you are. Today is the day you can understand you have the privilege to repent. There is a price, but can I tell you the power and the prize of repentance will always outweigh it. You know, as we close, I gotta just be honest with you and say, I don't know why the younger son chose to take his inheritance and leave. Maybe you grew up in church and you didn't see the relevance of God apart from Christmas or Easter. And you really saw it reduced it to a lot of rules 
and you looked past the beauty of a personal and intimate God who made you, knows you, loves you, carefully crafted you and has a plan for you. He invited you into a life and a journey and you chose to go down one path and today could be the day, like me when I drive, where you stop and say, I've had enough of the illegitimate kilometers on the clock, I'm turning around. Do you know when faith is seen as restrictive rules that impede your life, you've missed the beauty of the cross. Good Friday isn't about hate that led to death, but love that led to life. Reminds me of a story as we close about an American tourist who came to Australia, the outback in the 1980s. And I heard this secondhand from someone who knows the farmer in question. And he had a massive farm, 70 miles by 30 miles, this huge property. And the American tourist, curious as to the scale and the size of the property, said, how do you stop your cattle from running away? How do you stop the cows? And he said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you don't have enough fencing. You don't have fences. There's, there's not enough fencing to, to, to fence something this large. And the farmer looked at him and said, you don't need this much fencing if you have strategic wells. If you have the right watering holes, the cattle will be drawn to where there's life rather than just be kept from where there's rules. Jesus came in the most fenced era of Jewish history and reduced all the fences to two wells, love God and love people. And today, simplify the question for yourself. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. It's for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord, but He sets before you life and death. Good Friday was the day He could not have done more. He put a literal roadblock, but honors your choice to choose. Make a decision to follow Him today. The privilege of choosing has a price, but the power of turning around has consequences in this life and the one to come. Do you know, maybe your pride has stopped you. Don't let it today. Maybe you're mindlessly drifting. Well, let's wake up today. You know, there's nothing like death to awaken it. One of our team recently lost their dad just last week. And, and because I'm close to this staff member, you know, I could feel the, the even from afar, the pain and some of the tear. And you realize how even in the midst of all that we do, death is real and it's coming to every one of us. And the choice we make on this side determines where we spend the next part of our life. And today I pray that repentance isn't a dirty word, but it's the most inviting blessing that you've ever experienced. Can I encourage you, even as we let the worship team lead us globally, can you take communion, but take some time with the Lord. Ask Him to forgive you, to heal you, to cleanse you. Maybe you're a Christian in the areas of your life you need to turn around. Why don't you take this moment to say, God, I choose to turn around. I let some things go. It's not nets, it's not family, it's not pig's food, but what is it, Lord, that you want me to let go of so that I can choose to follow you? Let's take communion together as the global team lead us in worship. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. 
I admit that I'm not right with you, and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.